You're listening to the poofing ramble room. It sounds like we're pooping. It's the poofing ramble room, Mary. Um, I don't know. I feel like my parents have never de-aged, so I don't really have a great story. Mine have. Well, we don't have the same parents, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um. No, we have the same parents. Just mine have de-aged. Yours haven't. Interesting. Have you ever auditioned for a band? No, but I did. Um, Have you? A band? No. I think when I was like in fifth grade, one of my friends and I said, oh, we're going to start a band. And then that just yeah. never happened because <clears throat> neither of us knew how to play any instruments. We had a band called ELEGs. And it was Aaron, Lily, Ariana girls. And then I left the band. And wow. It, and it became Aaron, Lily, every girl. Wow short-lived and then they went on it's like we 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 came we wrote two songs there was the christmas song which was it is like, an absolute slapper was it like a ripoff of a different actual christmas song no it's completely original and then um i don't i didn't actually write the other one the other one was when it was i left the band so the band as a whole wrote two songs when i was part of the band we only wrote one and then did you did you Come home and say, you think you can kick me out of the band? I didn't, I didn't get kicked out. I left. And then I, I rejoined later on. What? But you rejoined just the Aaron and Lily's Every Girl? No, I rejoined and we renamed it, but it was short-lived. So Why it did didn't you really leave matter. the band? Was there some um, drama? How old I, were you? I wanted to go solo. How? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So you were a pretentious piece of shit? Yeah. I wanted to go solo. You pulled a Nick Jonas and you were like, I don't want to hang out with you guys anymore. No, we still hung out. I just wasn't in the band. The thing was, is that like, the talent I'm show. better than this. So the, I think it was the talent show was coming up and it was like, I, I had already planned to do a different number with some friends. So I couldn't do the ELEG. What were you going to do? We were going to sing a song. With no instruments? Correct. Okay. And they And they did it. They did? Yes. Oh my gosh. It was a slapper of a song. We still sing it to this day. Okay, well. Let's be real. The songs were not good. But uh, yeah, it's the uh, nostalgia. How old were you? Uh, 10. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> Unless Christmas you're some one, fucking prodigy. The, but the Christmas not. one is not that bad. <laughs> the chorus of the Christmas one gets stuck in my head all the time. Do you want to hear it? Sure. I think I might have sung it for you. I don't think so. Oh. Open your eyes. Cause we're giving out, giving out Christmas. There's oh my god, no need to cry. Cause we're giving like out, that? giving out Christmas. We didn't have instruments, so of course you, we had to clap. You have never sung that to me. I haven't. No. You're sitting by the fireplace. Nothing to do. Nothing to do. Do you remember? Then you hear the something ring. I think it's probably telephone. Do you remember the first song I wrote? Oh. Shout. <laughs> shout. Come on, baby. Shout. Shout. Come on. Come on. Shout. Shout. Come on, baby. Shout. Shout. Come on. Today. You know what, Melissa? I went solo and wrote Jeff. Oh, wow. Now that's a great song. <laughs> it's way better than my shout song. Jeff is 
I wrote it from the point of view of a man who has been broken up with a girl who but, dates around, I guess. But it's also Ariana playing around with voice gar- effects. Yeah, and garage bands. So it's yeah. like an absolute torrential it's, storm it's, of voice effects. It's, oh, I've got a low voice. And I get high voice. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, well, okay, here's my yeah. one sentence pitch. We watched the poof point t- today. We watched it earlier this week. <laughs> we watched it yesterday? I don't know, did we? We watched it yesterday because we were too tired to record this. So here's my one sentence pitch. A bad experiment makes two inventors younger and younger. That's a great one. I don't know how, why do I keep getting the ones that aren't one sentences? I don't know, but is that really a a good one sentence pitch? I'm not sure. Two inventors? They're more like science. I guess they are inventors. Never mind. They're parents. Let's just go into it. We start this movie off, obviously, with a family, like most Disney Channel movies start, honestly. And we have the two parents, they're 40 years old, they're inventors, they're obsessed with science and workaholics. Yeah, this is another movie where the parents really probably shouldn't have been parents, but okay. Well, they just got, they're getting way too caught up in their work, and it's like, you still have kids there that... Need your attention and yeah. love. It's kind of um, shown very early that the parents do not care about anything. Like the kids have to quiz them on their friends' names and because they're like, you've never their met social them. social lives. And, yeah. It's like you, you as a parent should definitely know your kid's social life. Yeah. Like really? Mom can name all of our friends. So could dad, I think. Yeah, probably. Anyway. I only have a few. <laughs> The parents' names are Marigold and Norton, and then they have two kids that are twins, Edison and Marie, Marie Curie and Edison Newton, because, you know, scientists have to name their kids after famous scientists yeah, and inventors. And they're both, how old are they, 14? Yep. Yeah, and they, like, graduated eighth grade, so they're going into high school next year. And they are having this graduation ceremony. Like Ariana said, they're quizzing their parents because they don't want their parents to embarrass them while they're out at this social outing. Because their parents, as we see later, all they do is talk about their work and science. And they don't know how to socialize with other parents. The kids are literally going across the stage at their eighth grade graduation. And the parents are both working in the yeah. audience on they're, a computer. They're talking about equations and stuff. Well, the thing is, yeah, they're yeah. trying to invent... Science things. They're trying to invent time travel. Yeah, but it's like, how about you live in the moment? Right. And also bef- <laughs> before... I just found my moral! <laughs> also, before they left the house, the parents had started this experiment on these really creepy, ugly-looking goldfish. Oh, God, they were terrifying. I hated them. I looked at them and I went... It was really disturbing. Yeah, but then later I felt bad. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the goldfish have, like, giant bugging eyes out of their face. And it's not, like, cute bugging eyes. No. It's like, like, it's like if a goldfish had a baby with a lizard, <laughs> and I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Like a, a desert? <laughs> a lolfish? <laughs> I'm done. Okay. A lizfish? <laughs> yeah, a lizfish. A zardfish? Oh, God. Shut (laughs) up. Stop talking. Okay. (laughs) So they started this experiment, and then they just left the house because they were like, oh, I guess it didn't work. (laughs) 
So they also have a dog named Einstein because apparently all scientists like Doc Brown, they all have to name their dog Einstein. Name one more. Name one more besides Doc Brown that is a scientist in a movie that's dog's name is Einstein. One more. And I will take that as a serious claim. I can't. I'll look exactly. it up. I bet you I could look it up and I'd find you it. You probably can. But if you can't think of it off the top of your head, I will not take it as a serious claim. So Einstein, he takes the vector modulator out of their machine. He knocks it out and then bites on it because he's like, oh, a toy. Yeah, and he hides it or in his Or I toys. guess he didn't think of it as a toy. I don't know, Ari. Either way, This he whole takes movie it. is confusing. He takes it and hides it in his toys. And then the parents, they start their experiment on the goldfish, but they're like, huh, they didn't disappear to time travel, so I guess that didn't work. So they go to the graduation... They fuck things up over there because the dad has to do some weird experiment. And then the principal who has a tassel on his head, the tassel catches fire. (laughs) There's a whole, it's really dumb. I don't understand why they added it or included it. It's just a mess. And then they get home and we realize like the machine that does like voiceovers says the goldfish will reach their poof point in one minute. Um, Every time they say poof in this movie, it sounds like poop. I'm not kidding. Yeah, it does. Mom and dad are going to poop out of existence. Excuse you? I think it's funny. <laughs> so, the, so essentially the goldfish are Mom deep. dad can't reach poop point. <laughs> so essentially the goldfish are de-aging is what actually is happening rather than time travel. It's the idea of you're not moving through time. Time's, time's moving, moving through, through you. you. <laughs> And in a sexual way. <laughs> Ew. So the goldfish disappear because the poof point is the end of their existence before they were born. And once you reach poof point, you can't go back. <laughs> once you go poof, you ain't coming boof. What? I don't know. I was trying to think of no. a, a <laughs> phrase, a rhyme phrase. Once you go poof, you'll be aloof. <laughs> Once you go poof, your kids will be doofs. <laughs> okay. And Orvins. So, so when the parents get back, the kids are kind of complaining about their parents being If you stupid. go poof, it'll be uncouth. Airy, enough. <laughs> that so, was decent. So then the kids get... <laughs> Please. I'm the one that want to do speed run and you're fucking I taking won't. up time with your fucking poof lines. I long for validation. <laughs> no, you're my not love, getting it. My love language is words of affirmation. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. What's your, yours? Your love language Quality is time? my fist in your face. I did a whole thing because Caitlin was like, here's an app. But it was asking me questions about my partner. I don't have one. Same. So. Just do it based on me. How do you not know what your love language is off the top of your head? So I just took the test. I don't have it to memory. I think it's access service. You like my ASMR? No. Okay. So the kids, when they get back home, they're upset with their parents because they've embarrassed them. The parents don't give a shit, and they go back downstairs to their lab, and they realize the f- goldfish are missing. They say, wow, did our time travel thing actually work? And it was just delayed? So then they decide, or no, they don't. They decide to run it again to see if with they can- With different goldfish. Right, with different goldfish. Lizard fish. And uh, the machine ends up going haywire because it's missing a piece. Nice. Then the machine beams over to the parents. and To both, the mom. 
Oh, yeah, to the mom, and the dad runs over to the mom to try and save her. They both end up hugging each other, and we have a 15-minute-long scene of them swirling around with this beam hitting them. Yeah, that was great Foley, Ariana. Thank you. They end up coming out of this, and they look the same. But, but they've been de-aged to the age of 21. Yeah, their minds are at age 21. So when they come upstairs, well, I think that the kids hear a commotion and they run downstairs, right? Yeah. And then we find out, you know, obviously the parents think they're 21. When they look in the mirror, they see their 21-year-old self. Yep. And the kids are freaking out. They don't know what to do. Their parents are obviously in denial because they're like, uh, we don't have kids. I'm not that old. Mm. I don't feel that old. I don't look that old. Blah, blah, blah. So finally the kids convince them, okay, this is what happened to you. We need you because you two are the scientists to figure out how to fix this and age you back to your normal age. Yeah. It's a long process of trying to get the parents to help and them being like, no. And then finally, eventually they're like, okay, yeah, we'll help because everything you're saying Makes sense, which how? How the hell? I don't know. I'd still be going, you're full of shit, okay? Yeah. I'm going to go to my job yeah. at the ice cream shop type of thing. You know yeah, what I mean? Then, or I'm going to go back to college. Well, and then they end up they end up having dinner, and during this conversation, the parents finally decide, oh, okay, we will figure out what's going on. And they say they have 12 hours, right? They've got like he, less, or they, no, or no 24. Because he's like, right. he goes, well, the dad... Who's 21 now? He's like, we, we'll well, uh, reach if this our- is true, then we'll reach our poof point at 6.01 p.m. That's and they showed right. a clock that said 17 hours left. And Mel and I went, when the hell did they eat dinner? Yeah, because we're going back from 6 p.m. to whenever they ate dinner. But we find out, oh, okay, they... They fast-forwarded because... It's like 1 a.m. Yeah. They've been staying up all night to try and figure out and how to fix the freaking machine. Yeah, and then the parents finally figure it out. They're like, oh, we've got it. Here's the equation. X prime and D prime and blah, blah, blah. And, and they then, get hiccups. Right, they start hiccuping and their whole body is co- like convulsing and doing a weird, like changing into weird it's shapes. Like, it's like if you've ever seen Harry Potter when Aunt Marge blows up. It's nothing like that, but okay. <laughs> it's like a big balloon. They, they like keep going in and out of balloonism <laughs> yeah what's weird is i think it's weird that it's not a benjamin button thing it's just their minds that are going down like it's i like it better because there's t- there's like so many movies where they go into their younger self's body you know what I mean? like 17 again 17 yeah again, 18 i guess again. and why is it always 17 and 18 because that's the time of your life when you're making big decisions apparently I don't know. So So they end up de-aging down to 14 14 years old now. 14 age? Shut up. So now the parents are 14. They are, I guess the parents have actually known each other for a while, right? Like they went to school together. They've known each other since they were kids, yeah. And they start arguing because this is before they had even started dating and they were just doing science projects together. And the mom... They weren't doing them together. They were fighting over who was better at them. Oh. Okay. Well, she... The mom... Actually, both of the parents, these actors, they are acting 
way younger than actual age. So, yeah. like, when they're 21, they're acting like they're 14. When they're 14, they're acting like they're 7. When they're 7, they're acting like they're 2. two. When they're 2, they're acting like they're a month old. So, I don't know what... I, maybe they just don't have a good grip on what actual kids act like. Yeah, because I've the, never the, seen a 14-year-old <clears throat> act the way those two 14-year-olds And I've never seen a 21-year-old... Well... <laughs> Depends. Depends. I feel though more twenty one year olds are that's when you're like graduating college. Yeah, I don't know. So it's kinda like you're kind of I I would see it more if you were a freshman in college, but they weren't. They were seniors in college at that point. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. I don't Whatever. know. It just doesn't make sense at all. The writing is bad because they're writing these de-aged minds way younger than they actually would act at that age. Yeah. Like, if the kids are 14 and now the parents' minds are de-aged to 14, why are the de-aged 14 minds acting younger and stupider? Yeah, and why does the de-aged 14-year-old want to wear pigtails and overalls? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. So we actually spend a long time on the 14-year-old age minds. Mm-hmm. So I think it's because our two main characters are right. 14, so they're twins, which yes. we found out when they graduated together because yeah. they don't really specify that. Yeah. But I think because the two main characters are 14, they were like, this is how they're going to relate to their parents the most. Right. This is how So they're bond. like, let's keep them here for a hot minute. Yeah. And we find out, you know, earlier we knew that Eddie or Edison, he was trying out for this band. Slugs. The Urban Slugs. Yeah. And he's supposed to have that audition later that day. And the guy, the the slugs are supposed to come over to their house. And the sister was saying, you can't audition. We have to figure out how to get mom and dad back to normal. And Eddie's like, this is a big chance for me. I don't care, (laughs) basically. (laughs) So he ends up hanging out with his dad. And his dad, he realizes his dad is amazing at the electric guitar. Yeah. And this entire time, Eddie has been playing the guitar, and we'll get to why I don't understand this later. Yeah. They're, they're jamming out on the guitar together, they're bonding, having a good time, and it seems that the sister's the only one who's trying to figure out how to solve this problem, and she's trying to get her mom's mind back on track, but they're both like, our minds are 14, we didn't know all this quantum physics stuff at that age, Yeah. so how are we going to fix this? Uh, so then the mom and dad end up arguing at some point. They get into a fight Mm -hmm. and they both kind of run away, right? The dad goes off. Well, the first time they run away together to go find their old houses and find that they're gone. Right. Then they come back and then, um, then they get in another fight. Marigold runs off on her own. The dad stays. Oh, okay. And hangs out with Eddie. Right. And, Mar- and Marigold goes to a diner where we meet Chloe, who was talked about earlier, but she was talked about as a bully of Marie. Marie doesn't like Chloe, Mm-mm. but her other friends who she does like hang out with Chloe. I think they hang out in the same spot and they don't have a problem with Chloe. Oh, okay. I think it's just a Chloe Marie I'm not entirely thing. certain Chloe's a bully. She's just a big gossip. Which can turn into being a bully. That's true. She just likes to get all the info and spread it around. So she's a rumor spreader. Not necessarily at like, I'm going to target you and bully you. It's like, I want all the info so I can spill all the tea for everyone. 
Nice. What? Rumor spreader. <laughs> Sounds She's like a, a rumor spreader <laughs> and a butter spreader. <laughs> she likes a toast with rumor and butter. So she spreads it around the whole damn town. You see, we're natural born songwriters. Don't include me in that song. I didn't you don't want it. to be part of that. Okay. That was a pretty good song. So <laughs> Give me as, validation. No. So as <laughs> My lovely we just words of information. As Ariana was saying, Chloe goes over to Marigold and says, what's wrong? And Marigold says, I'm really sad because I have this friend. And she's actually talking about herself. But Chloe thinks she's talking about her daughter. And it doesn't help that Marigold and Marie are very similar names. Yeah, because then Chloe says, does her friend... First name start with an M. And then Marigold's like, yes, how did you know? So she tells her everything. She says she has a crush on this boy. Who's Norton, obviously. But Chloe takes that as... Marie's got a crush on... on Colin, who's uh, Eddie's friend, who also plays in the Urban Slug Band. Right, he's like... Or he doesn't play in it. He's standing in the crowd. But he sets up the audition... He's friends with Urban Slugs and friends with Eddie. Yeah, so he's the connection between... So then Marigold comes back home. Marie's like, where have you been? And she says, I have something to say. She goes over to Norton and says, Norton, I like you. And And then kisses him. Yeah, she kisses him. And then she says, I want to go steady with you. Norton freaks out. He ends up hiding somewhere in like... I don't know. They've got like a greenhouse in their basement too. (sighs) They've got like a, a million different rooms in this house. Yeah. But... Norton's freaking out because he doesn't know how to react to all that. And Eddie's like, "Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Don't ask me. I don't have any relationship advice. The mom has run off to the bathroom and she's talking to Marie. She says, Marie, you're so cool. You know everything. And and I just don't know how to act around him. And she's opening up to Marie. And then Marie kind of gets emotional and she says to her, wow, I didn't know that you had these same these same feelings and and that we could get this close which I, is really sad i didn't know that you had a heart <laughs> mom i had no idea that you had feelings so weird and then they they hug and and then we we go bond. back to the diner where chloe was and we see chloe with marie's friends one of them is kelsey from high school musical iconic Again. And Marie's basically, or Chloe's basically telling her friends the woes and the Colin drama and uh, how she thinks that they want to have a party because Eddie's going to audition for the Urban Slugs at three and it'd be really cool if we could have a party to have help Marigold and Colin. Right. And Chloe, she took all that information from Marigold and, and then, yeah, concluded that they need to start a party at the house. So Marigold and Norton finally make up and then they go downstairs to the the lab and are trying to figure out, okay, what kind of equations do we know at 14 that could solve this problem? Yeah. So while they're figuring that out, the doorbell rings and it's... And Eddie's like, oh shoot, my audition. Right. But he goes to open the door. And Colin is at the forefront. With like a hundred different kids. 132. Oh, 132 kids behind him. And he slams the door first. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes back to open it, Colin's like, what's up with the door slam drama? No, Colin just opens it. 
Oh, he because we show they show the outside where the crowd is, and they're like, "Yo, what the hell?" And Colin's like, "Hang on, let me figure out what's going on." So Colin just enters the house, <laughs> and Eddie's like, "Why did you bring all these people with you? I was just gonna audition for the band." And they were, he was like, "I didn't invite them." And this is where we get the first shot of who we're affectionately naming uh, cultural appropriation kid. Yeah, I'm who might not be culturally appropriate. No, I I don't want to make an assumption, but I'm pretty sure it's a white kid with straight up like cornrows and and dreads. And I'm like, this happens a lot, especially happened a lot and still happens, obviously. But in the it 90s and early 2000s, very, yeah, it was very prominent in the 90s and early 2000s. So it wouldn't surprise me. It's in ten things I hate about you. Yeah, but at least they, you know, make a note to say that's. Why are you doing that? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's because the teacher in that movie is the best character. I love him. He just do- he doesn't Not give a the sh- one with the Cheetos. No. That the, guy's creepy. The literature teacher. Yeah, the literature teacher who's like calling everyone out on their shit. He doesn't take sides. He's like, I will call every single one of you out on your shit. None of you are perfect. You all have flaws. And I'm calling them out. Yeah. He's the best. Anyway. I love him. We okay, didn't watch that anyway. Movie. <laughs> But yeah, so then there's a cultural appropriation kid, and he all he does throughout the movie is goes, whoa, or bummer, or stoner. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so they have the party. Hi, I'm Trudy. <laughs> and my name is Joseph Thread, but you can just call me Thread. And you're listening to QVC, just an NBC, 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 Quit laughing, Trudy, you unprofessional piece of shite. Sorry, it was funny. All right, what's the product today? You're the one with the product, Trudy. <laughs> Why are you asking me? Shut up, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Phil Lord didn't of- email me. Well, I don't care what Phil did or didn't mail you. You're the one that hired him. So it's your fault, your responsibility. Don't you come crying for me, Argentina. Just tell me what the product is, Judy. Um, trash can. A trash can? What is that? Um, a can. Really? That you can put trash in. Oh, wow. What a great description. Thank you. Why don't you give us a little more detail? Well... It's a bucket can looking bucket? thing. And you could put trash in it. What is trash? Um, paper towel, trash. But you can't just say paper towel, a- then a- trash. Anything you want to get rid of. To get rid of? Yes. I can't put a body in the trash. If you cut it up small enough. What? You don't think you- I'd get found out if I tried putting a body in a trash can? How big is a trash can? It varies in size. You can get big trash can. You can get medium trash can. You get small trash can. You can get trash bag. Why would you want a small trash can? For your room. For Kleenex and and nail clippings and uh, lint. So where the hell were we putting the trash before the trash can? On the floor. What? But how were we cleaning the bodies up? Dumpsters. Trash cans are basically just smaller dumpsters. Okay. And you could get this product at backslash duty tootie. Um, Why are you saying backslash duty tootie? Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, you've English said this, no good. No, no, no. You've said this several times this in the past. This is the first time I've no, done it. No, it's not. No, yes, it's not. Yes, it is. Phil, I'm do- Phil, play back the tape, you fucking piece of shit. Play it back. <laughs> <laughs>
You weren't recording. Bill, uh, I didn't ask for you to speak, you idiot. When did you come in here? Backslash Duty Tootie is our biggest competition, and you know that, Drudy. Do you know how big of a mistake you just made? Who's Duty and Tootie? What do you mean? You haven't been paying attention? They're our biggest competitor. What is that channel? That. What do you mean, what's that channel? Like, work you what's theirs? I don't know. Then how could they be our biggest competitor? People because know who QVCHS and NBC ABC They, they don't have a they show. They don't know who Doody Tootie is. They don't have a show, Drudy. They don't have a radio show. They just have their website. They're out there on the tickety toxies and, and they're, they're on doing, TikTok? Yeah, they're doing tickety toxies. They're doing backslash Doody Tootie. That's their website. They sell merchandise. They sell products. They're our biggest competitors, and their names are so similar that everyone always goes to backslash Doody Tootie instead well, of Doody Tootie. Well, backslash Doody Tootie. D R U D Y dot T R U D Y. Not Doody Tootie. They what? sound like a poop. What the fuck? There's been a dot in between Drudy and Trudy on the website? I'm not entirely sure. What? Well, we'd better figure it out. Maybe that's why everyone's going to DutyTootie.com. That's right. There's this D-O-O-T-Y. T-O-O-T-Y. Oh, no. It's I-E. Okay, you are giving me a headache now. I'm giving myself we... headache. Trash no. can for 55 cents at backslash Drudy. Trudy. There may be a dot in between the two. I'm going to kill Phil. Please. Can I help? Back to the podcast. And we're back. We're back. Angel is here again, making his weekly debut on our podcast. Oh, but... Guys, his purr is the most calming thing ever. Can you play it for them? Play it? Angel, play that purr. Angel, come back. He's falling asleep on the microphone because it's like right up on his face and he's like, hmm. I don't think he knows how to breathe without purring. I don't think I've ever heard him not purr. It's quite cute. Angel, I love you. Guys, I cried last night. Because I overthought Angel. Because he's 15. He's an old boy. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I just got to thinking about cats' lifespans. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a depressing time. I sat on the floor in Melissa's room. She was in the other room watching Loki. But I sat on the floor with him cuddling and just weeping. <laughs> well, I, I said you could stay in here and cuddle with him if you wanted. It was, um... Good time. Good bonding I, experience. I do that all the time. I overthink about He's people's so lifespans. And so nice and fluffy. I know. And I love him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Let's so, wrap this shit up. Yeah. So the party ensues. There's chaos going on upstairs. There's chaos going on downstairs. There's chaos going on all around the house. And we never talked about the villain the kind of villains of the story, which at first, I thought the guy's name was Chick. His wife's name was Courtney. No, it's Corky. I didn't realize her name was Corky. Yeah. And they're the ones that have a problem with the parents being eccentric. It's like, your names are Chick and Corky. Where the fuck did you come from? And then their daughter's name is Caitlin. It's like, well, that's kind of a normal name, I is guess. It? I don't 
Her name started Caitlin. with a J. I thought it was Jesse. Oh, I thought it was Caitlin. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was Jesse. Well, she, so Caitlin or whatever, her parents, Chicken Corky, well, they were introduced at the beginning because they were being, you know, judgy of the parents. But I mean, the parents were being weird. Yeah. <laughs> she was like analyzing Corky's sweater and all this other stuff. And then at, they, we had a scene where Chick and Corky are basically threatening Marie and saying, your parents, we've had the last of it with your parents and their experiments. Their experiments are destroying our neighborhood. They're ruining our houses. And honestly, I get it. We were both wrong. It's Lizzie. <laughs> okay. Well, it's Lizzie. I was closer, though. <laughs> so Lizzie is their daughter. And I kind of get what they're saying is the experiments are going too far and destroying people's property. But then it's like, why don't you sue them then? You don't have to evict them out of their house. Their solution was like, let's evict this family out of their household. So Chicken Corky are threatening eviction on their family. <laughs> but it's like, how? Yeah, I don't know. They said they were like signing a town petition to get them out of their house. I don't know. The 14-year-olds basically come upstairs... The 14. Oh. No, no, I was going to say. Do they transition downstairs? I was going to say. Then Lizzie ends up going over to the party. Chicken Corky's daughter. Chicken Corky? <laughs> yeah. You're, but it doesn't sound like you're saying chick and Corky. It sounds like you're saying chicken Corky, like it's a dish. <laughs> Have you ever had chicken Corky? Have at you ever KFC? had the chicken Corky? It's like a pulled pork sandwich, but with chicken. It's finger looking good after so, you wash your hands. Yeah, Lizzie goes over to the party, which her parents don't realize she's left. She sneaks out. She's a little rebel. And then the parents, they end up, I mean, they come out during the party. Like, they leave the lab because they hear all the commotion. And then while they're at the party, they end up de-aging again, right? I don't remember. Guys, this movie sucks. The 14-year-old parents... They find out that the machine is missing the vector modulator. They come up to tell Marie that they've solved the problem. And Marie is talking to them. And the parents are like, oh, we just have to find that missing piece of the machine. And then they start hiccuping again. And they start de-aging. And now they're age seven. And then cultural appropriation kid is watching them. And he comes over and he goes, whoa. Which I don't know what the purpose of that was. I think supposed to be like hi <laughs> okay i think uh, he's a, gotta be smoking something i don't know but yeah because he says something like trippy I, yeah. I don't know and so now the parents are seven i think marie's trying to figure out what to do with her parents now that they're seven <laughs> and and ari and i were talking about this when we watched the movie is that the funniest part of this movie are the kids yeah eddie it's and taj maori and what's the actress's name mm. It's, uh, what's her name? I'll look it up. It's Raquel Lee. All right, I won't look it up. <laughs> I'll just shut up. You're like an idiot. Well, they're both the funniest part because they're just so judgmental of their parents. Like, what the hell are you two doing? And then the parents come up. I think, has he already auditioned with them? Because before they come up and poof in front of people. Mm-hmm. He's auditioning. He's playing with the band, but he's not playing guitar like he was practicing the whole t movie. He's ending up playing bass. bass. I know. that. What it, the hell? That was my issue. Earlier, they're 
playing guitar. All he's been playing is guitar, acoustic guitar, electric guitar. And then during his audition, he's playing bass for the band. Then later they show him playing electric again, and then they show him playing bass for the band. It, I don't know. What was the point of him practicing his audition on an electric guitar if he's going to be auditioning with a bass? Why wouldn't he be practicing with that then? I have no idea. Maybe he doesn't have a bass. While this audition is going on, Chick and Corky show up. And they go, this is ridiculous. And basically it's like a noise complaint. And they're saying, we're going to call the police. And all the kids like rebel against them and say, no. And then she goes, my own daughter, she would never be at this kind of party. And then Lizzie shows up. A.K.A. Jesse and Caitlin. Yeah, Jesse and Caitlin. <laughs> she shows up and she goes, no, mom and dad. And she had this scene with Marie earlier where she was talking about how like, oh, your parents are cool that they let you have this party. Well, because Lizzie comes over and she's all mad at Marie. She's like, you call yourself my best friend, which this is the first I heard of it. <laughs> yeah, when were they best friends? She comes over and says that. And then she goes, but you can't even be bothered to invite me to your own party. And she goes, I didn't invite these people. My mom did. And she goes, you don't have to lie to me. And she goes, I'm telling the truth. And Lizzie's like, really? And then she's like, I wish my mom was that cool. Well, your mom's name is fucking Corky, so don't expect much. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and your dad's name is Chick. Get out. <laughs> leave my house right now or before I slap you. So then Chick and Corky leave. <laughs> it's like they in introduce this weird kind of villain and then they left. Yeah. And they so, wore matching yellow shirts, which is just really off-putting. Like, yeah. you can have weird-ass names. Yeah. You can be terrible fucking parents. But don't wear matching yellow sweaters. Yeah, they was it was weird. So then they leave the party. The mom and dad come up, and now they're on, like, scooters and got all this shit that they brought with them. They got, like, jump ropes and who knows what else, and they're causing chaos at the party. And then one of the mom's old science projects gets let loose. And apparently the science project is just like a floating orb that goes at high speeds and tries to attack everyone. And again, this scene goes on for 20 minutes until Eddie gets like a tennis racket and beats the shit out of it. But everyone else at the party was like, that was cool, man. The cultural appropriation kid gets tickled by it. Yeah, the thing goes up his shirt. It's weird. And he's it for before they show that it's up his shirt looks real odd. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just him going, oh, whoa. <laughs> it's a weird scene. Angel, are you okay? He was like, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like he was turning around going, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like, like an action hero I'll when they fine. leave. It was like a dramatic pause. He goes, you know what? I'll survive. <laughs> Walks off an explosion behind him. So the floating orb gets destroyed. After all that chaos. And then I think Marie says, okay, it's time for everyone to get the hell out of the house. She, like, kicks everyone out. She kicks them out because It's Corky, time for Corky, them to figure out their parents' situation. Corky and Chick. She kicks them out when Corky and Chick are there. Oh, okay, she does. Because Corky and Chick are like, we won't try and petition the neighborhood to kick your family out if you kick these people, if you stop having this party. And she's like, fine, oh, okay. I didn't even want the party. So she kicks everybody out. Right. So then that floating orb thing must have happened right before they got there, right? Yeah. Okay. And then also the urban slugs, they were like, hey, Eddie, you're cool. You can join our band. You're good. So he's part of the band now. Yay. 
Then they're trying to figure out how to save their parents because they've been wasting all this time. And now their parents are seven-year-olds and there ain't no way we're, they're fixing that. <laughs> yeah, because now the seven-year-olds, they're, yeah, like you said, no way they're going to figure out the right equations. For, from 40-year-old versions of themselves. Yeah. So now Marie's left to do all the science at the computer. She's like, we have to calculate their weight and density and mass because now they're seven. I'm like, what? That makes no sense, but whatever. No, so this is, that's when they're two. Oh, okay. When they're seven, they're looking for the missing piece. Oh, that's right. Okay. And they look throughout the whole house. You see nothing. And then they show the dog carrying the missing piece around with him. Yeah, Einstein's purposefully being a piece of shit. He's dragging this vector modulator, and it's because he hates the dad. Yeah. The dad and him don't have a friend friendly relationship. Yeah. Because the dad was, like, attacked when he was a kid or something. I don't know. He doesn't like dogs. Anyway, so then they're two years old, and they figure it all out. The parents turn two years old. The mom's making a mess in the kitchen. They bring both the parents downstairs, and they still haven't found the vector modulator. They find the piece because the dad ends up crawling over oh, to the yeah. dog and giving him attention. So now the dog's like, oh, okay, dad's cool. So then he, he like, throws the, I don't know, the vector modulator gets he thrown in the it, air. He gives it to the dad. The dad and the mom fight over it. It gets thrown in the air. The dog catches it. Then Eddie takes it. Then they turn... The machine on. They turn the machine on. So now they're two years old. Dad has to go to the bathroom. So what would you think? Would you think that Eddie would take the dad to the bathroom while the sister figures out the math on the computer because that's what she's been doing this whole entire movie? Nope. You're wrong. She's the girl, so she has to go take a baby dad. So dad goes to the bathroom. <laughs> Eddie's trying to figure out the computer. They get back. The time machine goes off. And that's the end of the movie because everything's perfect. That's not the end of they the movie. They go back to being 40, and then the dog likes the dad, and that's it. Yeah, but like you said, what the fuck? Why is the daughter, who's been working on all the science, why is she now taking the dad to the bathroom? Who knows? That it was weird. That was really weird. But then the parents, they're back to their age, and then they're talking at the end like, hey... I guess you guys really are like us. And then that magically <laughs> solves their family problems and now they're bonding and they're having barbecues and playing games together. But I'm like, how did oh. that magically solve their problems? Yeah, it didn't. But then they all the parents also figured out time travel. So now oh, Eddie's yeah. like playing bass with Bob Marley. Yeah, we forgot to mention that this entire thing is narrated by Eddie, who's just standing in a classroom behind a chalkboard. And it's like, why was this the setting of his narration? It was as if he was giving, like, a school project or something. Yeah, but they don't pan out to see that. No. In fact, he just walks away, and behind him, in chalk, it says, the end. That's the <laughs> whole reason they put him in front of a chalkboard, was so that that way he could say, and that's it, and walk away, and behind him it would say, the end. So that way they didn't have to edit a new screen, a black screen that said, the end. Because, you know, every movie needs to end with a fucking the end at the end. We get it when the credits start rolling. Why the fuck are you ranting about the end? What is wrong with you? It pissed me off. Why did that piss you off? That was the weirdest thing for you to be pissed off about. Because it makes no sense. We get that it's the end of the movie. First it was about the CGI bird and Joey Lawrence. Now it's going to be about the fucking well, yeah. end. You're the one that's nuts, not me. So what was your moral of the story? Live in the moment. My moral of the story was don't culturally appropriate. You can culturally appreciate, but you need to learn the difference and apply that to your life and your behaviors. Snaps given for your moral. Okay, bye.
yourself in 